Welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another Destiny Changing Word by David Entry from one of our Revival Seeking Youth Services. If you want to control your world, catch the word. Be blessed. I want to continue as a plan. I spoke about how the plan of God did not start now. It started before man was created. So, the Bible says that when he was about to make man, he said, let us make man in our own image and according to our likeness because he had a plan for bringing man on the earth. He's a God who plans the beginning to the end. And he factors in a lot of eventualities. So some of you, you messed up or you went off and are back. God covered all that in the plan because he, trust, he knows you. He doesn't trust you. He knows you mess up. But because he has a plan for you, he covered that. You know, when manufacturers, why do you think they say one year warranty, two years warranty? Because they know that there are times that this thing will go wrong. When you buy a new car, usually, they give you three years warranty. And with some of the manufacturers, if the car breaks down, because it's a new car, they can't tell. If the car breaks down somewhere, all you have to do is, there's a number, they give, they, the car comes with a, a, a phone number. Call that number. Wherever you are, they will drive there. They will come and fix it. If they can't fix you, they'll replace the car for you and make sure you are fine. One day I was driving around Vauxhall and the car played up, it started stopping. So I limped it home. I called them, the manufacturer. They said, this is not mechanic. It's like, it's not AA. It's, it's the manufacturer's own special. They come and take care of you. And if they come and check the car, it's not good. They, you have priority at the service station. They take you straight. They, they check you in and they arrange a cat car for you. Why? Because it's a new car. Why? They don't trust things that have been made. Things that they intend to make it work well, but that's nature. And you don't even trust yourself. Let alone God. So God knows that you would dip. You would dip. Before you even come and meet Christ, you have met different boys or different girls. Some of us should be thankful to God that you are now in Christ. But God planned for you before you showed up. Now, it will be necessary and helpful for me to pick up from a particular scripture and explain it forward. Like I was teaching you the other time last week about how uh, the prostitutes, Rahab, and David, Bathsheba, all those guys were in the plan. God was not behind their behavior, their wrong behavior, but the providence of God. Please, providence of God is more powerful than the miracles of God. Do you understand what I mean? So God opened the Red Sea. Red Sea opened and they walk on dry ground. Wow. Dead person raised him back to life. Those are miracles. But providence is when they hated Joseph. And they said, let's get rid of Joseph. By them getting rid of Joseph, actually, God was, that's the way God has planned to use that to take him to the height. So they planned to do their own thing. Little, Potiphar's wife, they didn't intend the promotion of Joseph. He, Bible says she cast a longing eye on him. What? Yeah. That's one of the things that can be common with women. So those of you young men who want to do ministry, 
When you are in ministry and you are standing on the stage, you look more desirable than you originally are. When people are on the stage, especially in ministry, there is a kind of glory that comes on them that is not intrinsic. It's an honor that God puts on people. Young men who want to do ministry, one, one day a senior minister told me that when a ch- church girls tend to like church leaders, Some of it is genuine, but it can grow into something else. We love you, we love you, we love you, we love you. Then it goes into your head. You also want to be called Papa. That's the only reason why you want to start a church. Money and being called Papa. (laughs) Don't forget, when someone is in a good church, I'm starting one. One of the three reasons is money, and two is to be called Papa. Bible says, Bible calls it the pride of life. Eve, Genesis chapter 3, when verse 4 and 5, 5 particular, when she saw, when she saw that, the, when, verse, verse 6, rather, when the woman saw that the trees were, was good for food and it was pleasant to the eye, a tree desirable to make one wife, it, it gives you a certain status. First John chapter 2, verse 17, it says that, all that is in the world, the last of the flesh, the pride of, uh, the, the, sorry, the, the last of the flesh, the last of the eyes, and the pride of life. The pride, you want to, you want to be seen a certain way. Some people want to just marry so they, people can, they can make a statement. So then even when you are even walking into a ditch, you are more concerned about pride. The the pride of life. That's why people can come to church and they will not take the step they want to take even they know God is talking to them. They want people to see that. It's not me. That's for me. I'm fine. You will be drinking Igbo and Shayo. And the pastor said, there's someone here. You, yesterday you were drinking Igbo and Shayo. Come forward and let's leave. Ah, no. I have to. People, people, because I've been doing outreach. People think I'm very spiritual. I can't afford to go forward. Pride of life. Pride of life. Just so the things in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is the same thing that Eve. The same thing has never changed. Eve said the, the tree was good for food, lust of the flesh. And it says that it was good to the eyes, lust of the eyes. And the tree desirable to make one wise, pride of life. Three, these three. The trinity of sin. So then when you, when you are, that's why you want to, you are in a healthy, spiritual, well-fed church. And you want to start a church for yourself. My branch a church is, why do you want to be a head pastor? It's because of either thinking that there is money in this thing. Try it. Number two, pride of life. Pride of life. There are people who, some some of those pastors, I don't think they have been doing work of God. And tell them, wait, church, are you a leader? Come, if you come to our place, we'll make you a leader. There's a guy, his wife said, when you go there, the pastor has told you, we'll make you a pastor. Why are you staying in a church? They'll make you a pastor. Foolish wife, he followed I'm trying to say, Pastor, please, I'm sorry. I don't know what came up for me. You don't know. Pride of life. But you see, when you are in church leadership, you look adorable. When people are, are on stage, they look more glorious than they originally are. When people are in ministry and in, their, in, in, the, in the flow of their ministry, they look more powerful, they look more put together, they look more attractive than they originally are. That is why men, most of the times, when you live with a person, you'll be shocked that, is this the same person? So, 
the truth of the matter is that in spite of our ups and downs, God has planned and he took into consideration your mannerism and idiosyncrasies and misdemeanors. So he took into consideration, you are likely to do this. There are some things if you do, you lose, you lose your place. There are certain things you might get another chance. Other things, it depends on what you are called to do anyway. So somebody can go and fornicate and still come and end up becoming a, a top Christian musician. Another person can also go and fornicate and because of the kind of assignment on his life, his he's a Christian musician, but his, his ministry is supposed to change lives across the nation. This one is a local singer. This one is an international singer. A local singer maybe went a wrong direction and recovered and came back and is continuing. But you can go a wrong direction and there's no point of return. Why? Because what God has called, David went to Bathsheba, but he still continued. Samson went to Delilah and that was the end. That was the end. Sometimes, when you compare David and his predecessor, Saul, Saul just went to sacrifice when he had not been asked to sacrifice. God said, obedience is better than sacrifice. First Samuel chapter 15, verse 22. Obedience is, and because of just that, just that, he was rejected. He lost the throne permanently. David murdered and took somebody's wife, and he still went on. So you see, don't compare yourself with others. Because every one of us has an, a very unique, exclusive, peculiar assignment. You might look like one of the people, but you are just not a number in the crowd. You are unique because God purposely planned you. But every time he plans you, he has a recovery version of you. He has a backup version of you. There's a backup version of David M.G. If I don't give the work my best and I begin to take it for granted and I begin to allow sin into my life, God has, it doesn't have a problem removing me. It's not you, it's God. It's God who chooses who will be the leader. It's God who chooses who he will use. You can pray, you can command answers. So three people are praying for a sake. One person pray nothing. You also pray for yourself. The other one pray. God, you prayed. No one respects you, but you prayed and God, the person gets healed. It's no coincidence because God knows the heart. There is a plan for your life. You don't have to live your life like someone who doesn't know where he's going. If you don't know where you are going, where you can get anywhere you think that's the place. Wherever you are, I think that's the place. But when you know where you are going, it doesn't matter what people offer you, you know I'm on a mission. Now, coming back to the plan. So, I, I told you about how David and all of them, God had planned from eternity. And because of that, we also come into the picture. God has been working from the days of Adam, fulfilling his plan. Jesus came, they worked until Jesus came. And we continue the work after Jesus has come. And so you are never an accident. If a Bible, post-Jesus Bible was supposed to be written, what I mean is post-church, after the church era has gone, Bible has to be written. Some of us, your name will feature, but I don't know whether in a positive light, light like a, a, a Peter or negative light like a Jesus. I pray that God, if you are writing another Bible, which will never happen, Lord, let me make it. I want to live my life like that. I'll make it into the Bible. Like a, a David made it, the, like a Moses made it into the Bible, like a Saul, Paul made it into the Bible, like a Peter, like a Nathaniel, like a John, like a Timothy. There were a lot of other people who lived at that time. Even Jesus' disciples, some of us don't remember most of them, some of their names. So where are they? What happened to them? They were just part of the script at around the time of Jesus. And they went, they went and did God's work. 
But when it comes to the redemption story, they were not part of the records of redemption. God has a plan. And you feature heavily in the plan. I said, God has a plan, and you feature heavily in the plan. Lift up your right hand and say, God has a plan. plan. And I feature heavily in the plan of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's read the text and I'll pick it from there. Colossians chapter 1. Verse 25. Where of... Um, mm, mm, mm. That's the problem I tend to have when I'm reading the Bible. It's like I bump into a word that I say, oh wow, this thing is too strong to just read over it. Sometimes I can spend one hour reading one verse. It is what it is. Whereof I made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. The Amplified. In this church, I was made a minister according to the stewardship which God entrusted to me for your sake so that I might make the word of God fully known. ESV and New American Standard Version and then we go to New Living Translation. ESV, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God which was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known. New American Standard. Of this church, I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God bestowed on me for your benefits. Oh, that sounds nice. According to the stewardship from God bestowed on me for your benefits so that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God. He says that I, okay, New Living Translation. God has given me the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. He calls it responsibility of serving the church. But he said that I, wherefore I am, uh, New American Standard Version, wherefore of this church I was made a minister. Say, I was made a minister. You don't make yourself a minister. You are made a minister. I was made a minister of this church according to, you know that word? Stewardship. Everybody says stewardship. What's the Greek word for translated as stewardship? Some of you, by now, I suppose that you have the Bible app that shows you the Greek as well. I don't know if you have got it. Let me see by hand. You have got a Bible app where you can find a Greek word. Oh, some of you are fantastic. That's, that's nice to hear. Some of you are, are lifting your hand, even though you don't have it. The pride of life. <laughs> Let's do it again. One day a pastor was going to preach. He was teaching on something and he told the church, next week Sunday, I'm going to preach a very powerful message. And I want everybody to read 1 Corinthians chapter 18. And then when I come next Sunday, so when he came, he, came, he was about to preach. He said, how many of you were able to read 1 Corinthians chapter 18? A few hands went up. Many hands went up. And the pastor said, great. Today I'm going to preach on the spirit of lies. Now, there's, there's no 1 Corinthians chapter 18. So I know that now I can preach to the liars in the church. How many of you have Bible, the Bible app that tells you, helps you to see Greek words as well? You have to try and get it because you have to be a good student of the Bible. So what is the word, Greek word translated um, stewardship or dispensation? Oikonomia. Let's all say that together. Say that again. Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 or verse 18. Or chapter 13, verse 
chapter 11, verse 13. Yeah, put it, Matthew chapter 5, verse 7. Pastor, where is this all going? Don't worry, find out very soon. Let's already have from the screen. Destroy what? The what? The what is the Greek word translated law? Nomos. No, onoma, onoma. Nomos. Does it ring a bell? Deutero. Oiko. Nomos. Oh. Okay, let's say Hebrews chapter 3, verse 6. But Christ, as a son over what? Over his? What is the Greek word translated house? So oikos, nomos. What's nomos? What's oikos? So, oikonomia has to do with huh? house of law. Mm-hmm. Kind of, yeah. That's technically, yeah. What, what else would you think it would be? The law that governs the, a house, which is similar to a house law. A household law. So, oikonomia is a Household law. A law that governs a house. It shows how the house is run. And oikonomia is translated in English by every nation as economy. So they say that that is the economy of UK doing. When we talk about economy, it's not the exchange rate. Economy affects the exchange rate, the value of a pound. is influenced by the economy. What's the economy? The resources of this nation, which is a house. How it is managed, the law that governs, okay, the money is going to do in the streets, this is going to do here, this is going here. That's why you need an economist to see, okay, we, we, this is going here. If you spend more money here, this is what will happen. If you have more jobs here, if you start building a lot of houses, there will be more jobs. And when there are more, it's all management of household resources. But it's, there must be a governing system. So it's like a, a plan to manage Things of a house. So oikonomia is oikos, the nomos of oikos. The law that governs a household. And the church is a household. The house of God is a household. And now, how is God distributing his or dispensing? You, you, do you for, have you forgotten how you used to be before you started doing church? Well, what, at what point in time? I mean, sometimes you used to have this problem, and after a period of time, you realize it's no more a problem. But sometimes you can't put your finger on exactly those who only want deliverance. Pray for me to fall, and afterwards it will change. No, it takes a certain time, but sometimes you can't even put your finger on when the thing changes. Why? Because the more you are in church, God has got a dispensation system. Now, when we say dispensation system, system of dispensing, dispensing, distributing, supplying, supplying what? Supplying himself, supplying his life, supplying his grace, supplying his riches into his people. For what? So that the people can do his work. And as you are doing his work, the, the distribution process continues. So when you look at a country's economy, every country's economy is determined heavily by the natural resources and by the workforce. So the more people are working, the, and the effective tax system, actually. That's what makes working the tax system. The more people are paying taxes, if you are not working, you can't pay tax. But when you are working and you pay tax, can you imagine if this is a nation and only these people are paying taxes? 
We now have to use the money that is coming from here and manage it to use it to manage every, everybody here. But can you imagine if these people are also paying tax now? A third, two thirds of the nation is paying taxes. Can you imagine? We use this a lot more money. We can manage here, manage, manage everything, and this one's if we help them more. But can you imagine if only the last role are not paying tax and everyone here is paying tax? You say this nation is a wealthy nation. Because the economy is booming. <laughs> is someone getting what I'm saying? It's, think about it. you are in church and you are not serving. You are not helping the economy. Oh. You are not helping the economy of the house. The more people are serving, so you, if you are a faithful steward of God, it's your job to make sure that you are encouraging, challenging, admonishing others to also be taxpayers for the economy of the nation. And when I say taxpayer, I'm talking about an effective worker. And what is interesting about doing the work of God is the more you are, when you are doing God's work, it's not God's work until God is passing through you. So anything you are doing, God then passes through you to supply grace to others. So this lady who came to church as a drunkard, came to church as a bitter person, a mad dog, now has become a sweet person, forgiving person. When did that change? It's not only the preaching. It's the entire system. Whilst I'm preaching, some people are on the sound. Whilst I'm preaching, someone is waiting by the keyboard. Whilst I'm preaching, some people are on the camera. Whilst I'm preaching, some people are managing the light. Whilst I'm preaching, some people are helping people to get decent seats. Whilst I'm preaching, some people are ready to take care of the first timers. Whilst I'm preaching. So it's a whole system. It's not only the preaching, but it's everybody working. Oh, come on. I feel like preaching. It's part of the plan. It's part of the plan. So God is going to reward you not based on the way you are preaching, but based on how you fulfill your part of the plan. Fulfilling your, oh, thank you, Jesus. Fulfilling your part of the plan is called M-I-N-I-S-T-R-Y. <laughs> it's called what? Ministry. I can't hear. It's called what? Ministry. It's called what? Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. He says that, let's all read it out from the screen. Let's go. Hey! <laughs> we have it. Since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy. So having ministry is an extension of mercy. Because you are not qualified. But God decided that, you know what, I have a plan and I'm going to include you just like Rahab. I'm going to include you just like uh, Perez Mam. What's her name? Tama. I'm going to include you just, just like uh, Bathsheba. I'm going to include you just like David. I'll just include you. David didn't plan to be a king. He hmm. was minding his business and God told the prophet, go to Jesse's house. I've appointed one of his sons. His father even knew that this one is not one of the kings. This one is not the king God is looking for. They brought all his older brothers and they were, they were tested for kinship. And God said, no. His father said, that's all my sons. And the prophet said, don't you have, are these all your sons? Then he remembered, oh, there's one. It's in the field. But he is not part of what I'm expecting. He said, the prophet said something. He said, we will not sit down until he comes. Go and we will wait for him to come. See, when God has a plan for you, he has a way of making the sun stand still. Oh. Someone said to Jesse, are all these your young uh, men here? Then he said, there remained, there remained yet the youngest, and there he is, keeping the sheep. Someone said, send and bring him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. Because I came, he, watch this, he came on a mission. He has been given an assignment, an oikonomaya, when an oikonomaya gets to you, it becomes stewardship. So you, 
stewardship is stewardship is God's plan that now is in your hands. You're doing it is what is called ministry. So ministry is actually stewardship. Paul, listen to look at this text again. First, Second Corinthians chapter four, verse one. Having received this ministry, Paul, since we have this ministry, Paul didn't. He wasn't just a preacher. Paul was not just a preacher. He didn't only have message to preach. He had ministry to fulfill. And the ministry to fulfill was to teach the message. Someone receiving something. Ministry. So when we started the first text we read in Colossians chapter 1 verse 25, he says that of this church I became a minister. And my ministry is built on the stewardship of God. Or the stewardship from God. Listen to how he puts it in 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 12. He says that, thanks be to God. He says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has enabled me because he counted me faithful. Put, hey, hey, what does it mean to be put in the ministry? It means that you have been given an opportunity to build the church. You have been given an opportunity to do the oikonomia. You have been given an opportunity to, <laughs> to carry... <laughs> This is interesting. To carry out the plans of God. So someone goes to UN from Russia to go and negotiate with UN on some deals or sanctions. It's not all of Russia who goes, but one person. And he's not speaking for himself. That person is called the Russian ambassador to UN. Because he speaks, so whatever he speaks is like the president of Russia has spoken. They work hand in hand. He is not permitted to say anything of his mind. Even if he doesn't agree on principles, on, uh, on the policies of the government, he is there on the behalf of the government. So he's not meant to speak his mind. You, when you are doing ministry, it's not about your mind. It's about, he said, have, he counted me faithful and put me in this ministry. In the book of 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 3, verse 5, it says, that, it says that not that we are sufficient in ourselves to think of ourselves, uh, to think anything of our, but our sufficiency is of God. Look at the verse 6. Our sufficient, who has, who has made us able ministers. The ability to minister is... It's not coming from God. So when you clap for me, I should be humble enough to know that this thing is God. The clap is not, oh, I don't deserve a clap because the ability to do something to make people clap, if it is of God, then God, God did it. God is the one who makes anybody able minister. Don't think it's your schooling that makes you an able minister. Don't think it's your parenting that makes you an able minister. Because you are close to a pastor doesn't mean you can do ministry. Because you know you have some pastor friends doesn't mean you can do ministry. Because you have colleagues who are now in ministry doesn't mean you can do ministry. Because God has to give it to you. You have to be called in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 8. He said to, to me who am less than the least of the saints is this grace given that I should preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. The grace was given to me. I can't boast of it. I can't boast of it. He said, what do you have? And you did not receive. And if you receive it, why would you boast about it? He said, God has made us able ministers. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. Who has made us able ministers, not of the, uh, of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. Of the Spirit. Say, of the Spirit. Of the Spirit. So ministry, true Christian ministry, is from, it starts from your spirit. Get spiritual, girl. Start putting emphasis on your humanity. That's not what made God use you. I'm a stammerer. I'm a stammerer. So you are going for lessons, speech lessons, so you can preach, please. Much as that might not be bad, you have to know that it's not your eloquence that made God use you. 
God can use the dam to impregnate Elizabeth. Wow. You don't know how multitasking a man needs to be to be able to do some things. <laughs> Magadosh. <laughs> Women most of the time are naturally multitasking. So they expect that from their husbands. <laughs> the first time I started driving, when I was taking lessons, I was wondering, but how can I change the gears? Because I need to see one. But I have to keep my eye on the road. To, and then I have to look at the pedals. Hey, this is it's a very complicated multitasking demand. I have to look at, I used to wonder, how can I see gears? One, two, three, four, five, and then reverse here. I have to look at where I'm going. But I need to keep my eye on the road. Then I have to look at speedometer. And I check, hey, what? Ministry is more complicated than that. But that's why you can't do it by yourself. That's why you can't do it by yourself. First of all, God has to put you in the ministry. And if you are a genuine minister of the gospel, there's one thing that will always come to you. Thanks. Coming from your heart. Thank you, Jesus. So it says that, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord. Who has, who has, who, because he counted, enabled me, has enabled me. Say enable. You know, sometimes you have to enable notifications. For notifications. <laughs> you have to go on your phone, the settings, and enable a certain function. Enable automatic notification. If, you, if it's disabled, it can't happen. And you are wondering, why is my phone uh, is not doing it? Because it's not enabled. You are comparing yourself to someone who is doing ministry and blessing people. And you are wondering, but I can sing better than her, but why is it that I'm not? Because you have not been enabled. There is, you have to go to settings. <laughs> you have to go to settings and look for that particular music ministry app. <laughs> and what are the settings? Your private time with God. Your private prayer with God. You are getting to the settings. How come you have come to church, you are ministering, and you have not gone to the settings? Because when you wake up in the morning, usually the default position is un, it's not, it's disa <laughs> disabled. <laughs> you have to do ministry. The human default position is disabled. So you have to get into the relationship with the Holy Ghost to enable it. As soon as you start interaction with the Holy Spirit, ministry gets enabled automatically. And so the setting of any minister is your private time with God. If you don't have private time with God, you can't go far in God. The problem is a certain problem. Not set, set, certain, C-E-R-T. But I'm talking about setting, S-E-T-T-I. Set, set, you have to go to the settings. And your problem is settings because we are, by factory default, we are set to be disabled not to do ministry. You, you arrived disabled. That is why you have to, that is why you have to learn how to sit under and the ministry of an enabled personnel. The more you are exposed to the ministry of an enabled personnel, grace flows into you faster, and it begins to enable that disablement. Because it's that we, not to count anything of ourselves, but God, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, again, verse 6, it says that God, it says that we, are all, uh, we also have, be, uh, who has made us able ministers of the new, you have to be made able ministers. When it comes to church life, you need exposure to someone who is already enabled. So, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, prisoner of Christ, verse 2, 
If you talk, it, verse 2 says that with lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another. It says that that's what we should do. Verse 3, endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit. Endeavor, put in an attempt to keep the unity of the spirit. It's not your unity. It's there already. The spirit has granted a certain unity in the church. What is that unity about? It's called oneness. The real Greek word is translated in some versions as oneness of the spirit. I probably think maybe New American Standard Version or English Standard Version might use oneness because those versions tend to get a bit closer to, but then it says that, uh, which version is amplified using oneness? Make every effort to keep the oneness of the spirit. Say oneness. oneness. When you are born again, you have oneness, not unity, oneness, They're not uniformity. There's a massive difference between uniformity and unity. That you have unity, oneness, not just unity, oneness with others. When you, you see this light on the floor, those at the back, you might not see it, but this is even better. These intimidators, they are called intimidators, these moving heads, they can turn them on and they all start, and when someone goes to the back and switches, there's one power that goes to all of them. You switch one, you, okay, I want to turn this one off. So you go and disconnect the power, you forget, these are all linked. Because there's something, they have oneness. It's the same current that is flowing through all of them. You can't touch one and leave the, the, and not affect the other. When you, have, you attack a, a genuine Christian or a genuine church, you are attacking all the other churches. The way you get excited about that brother's fornication, you get excited about that sister's pregnancy and you are busy talking about it. You don't know that when you attack a Christian, you're attacking all other Christians. It's only Christians who don't understand some of this. They don't they lack insight. That's why you're busy condemning other Christians so quickly. Anyway, it's called oneness. Say oneness. And instead, it's your job to Keep the oneness of the spirit. You can't generate that oneness. The Holy Spirit generates the oneness. So keep the oneness of the spirit through the bond of peace. That is why every church, every church needs some, some level of peace. Deal, let's, deal, let's drive the gossips out. Let's drive the people who create contention, who are always uh, undermining and they are disloyal. Let's drive them out because it says that he leads me beside the still waters, not the rough waters. When people come to church, they want to rough the waters. It's not of God. If you want to make problem, please leave us alone. Go away. Leave us alone. Go. Leave us alone. We want to operate in peace. He said that keep the endeavor to keep the oneness of the spirit in the bond of peace. He said maybe you don't know. There is one, uh, one body. Verse 4. We have many bodies. It's only one body of Christ. There's only one Holy Spirit that we all have. There's only one hope of our calling that we all have. One hope, we are all going to heaven one day. That's all. One Holy Spirit is not a different spirit. No. If you are in Christ, the same spirit, one, uh, um, one body, one spirit, one uh, hope, one Lord, one baptism, one faith, and one Father. Seven. One Father of all. One, one, one. Seven. And this is where our oneness comes from. So you can't do anything about it. The fact that you are born again and born again, we share something in common. We have oneness. And we have to keep the oneness. Hallelujah. We have to keep the oneness. But watch this. Then it says, but to every one of us, grace is given. <sighs> so your grace is different from my grace. When it comes to oneness, it doesn't go into the grace. Because the things God will be able, should be, will be able to do through my life is not what he'll be able to do through your life. So he said grace. Grace here is not grace to be saved. Not saving grace, but functioning grace. Ministry grace. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 8. Unto me was the grace given to preach. Hey! Unto me was grace given to preach. So grace is given to do. How come you are singing without grace? How come you are answering without grace? No wonder it's only your bum you keep shaking. There's no grace on you. How come you are on the cameras without, without grace? That's why you only take people's ties. <laughs> How come you are on the sound without grace? That's why when the pastor is about to say something very sensitive, 
Satan is using you to attack the church. Grace, he said unto me, is this grace given to preach? So when people say, God bless you, you have blessed my life, remember that it's not me. It's the grace, it's the grace, it's the grace. I am a steward of grace. I am a steward of grace. It's the grace, shout the grace. Steward of grace. Steward of grace. So he says, but when it comes to grace, there are levels. When it comes to the Father, same. Spirit, same. The body, same. Baptism, your baptism was not different from mine. We are all baptized into Jesus, the same. Same Christian baptism is the same everywhere. When it comes to baptism, same everywhere. When it comes to hope, same. When it comes to faith, in other words, putting your faith in Jesus, you, the way I got saved is different from the way you get saved. It's not, sorry, it's not different from the way you get saved. I put my faith in Jesus, I'm saved. You put your faith in Jesus, same faith, okay? But when it comes to grace to function, it depends on some conditions. He said, the, the conditions that determine the grace to do ministry is determined by your me- the measure of the gift of Christ. Now, measure means that a, a certain level, a certain amount, and he says, the kind of grace you operate in has a lot to do with your, the measure of the gift of Christ. So now, we have to investigate what this gift is about. And we understand in verse 11 that to some, he gave, verse 8, verse 8, verse 8 said, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts. So he's trying to now talk about, let's talk about this gift. Because the gift, as for oneness, we got all got it. But grace to be different, it depends on the gift. So that means the gift is crucial. The gift is, your Christian life has everything to do with the gift you are exposed to. As for a lot of things like oneness, the seven ones, we are all have at the same level. But it's like, it's like qualification. If you want to work at the bank, your quali- or let's say hospital, your qualification matters. In the hospital, someone says, their qualification is way above an ordinary doctor or an ordinary surgeon. Right? And some are just uh, surgeons. Some are just doctors. Others are junior doctors. Others are nurses and co- consultants. So, when you are a consultant, you are a say. So, consultants, uh, an eye consultant is way above a, 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 a doctor of the eye. <laughs> And which is not which is different from an optician. As for opticians, it's not what I'm talking about. So, so listen to this. It has to do with the degrees you have gone. So your quality and your value in this economy in the hospital, the hospital job has a lot to do with that qualification. But when it comes to we are human beings and legal migrants or British citizens, that one we all have papers. <laughs> So we can all go into the hospital because if you have no document, you can't work. But now that we have documents, now qualification is what will determine the, your, 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 the, the height. And the height of your impact is what also determines the nature of your reward. So there are some rewards that go to shepherds. Like First Peter chapter um, 5 verse 1 to 3, or chapter 3, verse 1 to 5. When Peter, verse chapter 5 rather, when Peter was talking to the elders of the church, he says that I thought, fellow elder, a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. Look at the next verse. Shepherd the flock of, uh, the, 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 shepherd the flock of God, which is among, serving as a idea, not, com, not by compulsion, by willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. I don't know why pastors don't read this one. What shepherd the flock of God which are the next verse. The next verse. No, as being lords over there. Some of you want to be pastors, or you want to be pastors' wife because you want to be very important and you, you are disqualified by grace. Because if you want to do the job because you want to prove to people that you are better than them, take instruction, you have to listen to me. Church leadership is not about lordship, it's actually about servitude. You want to serve them. You want to serve them. In the kingdom, the greatest must be your servant. You don't like serving. And it's your character from home. 
and it's come to church. We are trying to wash it out and get grace to guide it to you. Because grace doesn't come into vessels that are not workable or usable. Well, but watch this. Um, entrusted to you, uh, be examples of the flock. Look at the next verse. This is a serious one. And when the chief shepherd appears, who is the chief shepherd? Jesus. When he appears, you will receive, talking to the pastors, the shepherd, say you will receive a crown. It's not to general congregation. This crown is for shepherds. He will give everybody according to his labor. But this particular crown, if you are not a shepherd, he won't get that crown. There's another crown Paul spoke about in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. He says, I fought a good fight, verse 7, fought a good fight, therefore there's read that for me, a crown of righteousness. That one to be given to all those who also look for his appearing. So that one is a bit general. But the shepherd's crown is a different one. So I'm telling you, your reward is determined by your impact in the kingdom. And your impact in the kingdom is determined by the grace that you're operating. And the grace you're operating is determined by the measure of the gift of Christ. So what's the gift of Christ? He said that, verse 8, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8, therefore when he ascended on high, he, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. The next verse is parenthetic. Statement. So let's leave that out. Verse 11. Verse 11 says that to some he gave woe to be apostles, to some prophets, to some evangelists, to some pastors and teachers. Ah! Ah! So is that a gift? The more I'm exposed to death, not friendship, but ministry of a pastor, Jesus. The more I am exposed to the ministry of an apostle, not by apostle by title, apostle by function. An apostle, a prophet, a, an evangelist, and a teaching pastor. He says that these are the gifts. This is what is called the gift of Christ. Now verse 7 says that, but unto each one, everyone, everyone, now your, your grace upon your life to do the work of the ministry is at the mercy of your measure of the gift, the proximity of the, you don't listen to pastor's messages, but you want to do great work, you are joking. I have to do the works of him who sent me while this day for the night coming when no man can work. I don't got time. I don't got time because I understand if I want to be effective in the plan of God, I have to expose myself to the means of grace. And I'm talking about functioning grace. Just to throw light on what we've just read. Unto each one of you, grace is given according to the measure. According to the, according to the measure of the gift of Christ. To some he gave apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, teachers. For what? That is very determinative. Look at verse 12. For the equipping of the saints. Who are the saints? The Christians. Those of us who we all have oneness, oneness. Said for the equipping. Some translations say for the perfecting. Colossians chapter 1, verse 28 said, Him we preach. Admonishing, teaching and admonishing every man to present everyone perfect. So the preaching is supposed to perfect there doesn't mean infallible. Perfect means matured. You have now come into full state of how you should operate. You have come into full state of what Christ expects of you at this stage of your walk with Christ. You are two years in Christ, but you are operating under about one and a half months level. You are seven years like your auntie. Seven years in Christ, 20 years in Christ, and is operating about like at three months Three months level. See, he has not been perfected. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture, paragrapha theonupsis, all scripture is given by the breath of God. And it is profitable for doctrine. It is profitable for instructions. It's, uh, it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, righteousness. This is what the next verse. That the man of God will become complete. That complete is perfect. That complete is matured. Thoroughly equipped. Did you see equipped? Prepared. Now, I have to, the only means I, by which I can prepare you, equip you, supply more grace to you, is through the effectual teaching of God's word. It brings, it's like broadband, super broadband, fiber optic broadband of grace dispense. 
of the dispensation of grace, of the oikonomaya of grace. You can't oikonomaya grace without opening the word and teaching wholesome words. If you don't, you can open it, but if you don't teach wholesome words, if you don't teach words that accord with the, with the gospel of Christ, if you don't teach words that are healthy, say you are misleading people or you are blocking the flow of grace. The highway of dispensing of grace. Look at Paul. He said unto me, this grace is given that I'll preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. As he's dispensing, the riches of Christ is what is coming into you. That's how you begin to realize. As time goes on, you keep listening to this preacher, you are changing. This is what I live for. The oikonomia. And I'm a dispenser of grace. He says that to every one of us, grace is given according to the measure of the, uh, 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 measure of the gift of Christ. Then he says that to some he gave all that for the first 12, for the equipping of the saints for the work. <sighs> Did you see that there? You remember ministry? You can't do ministry until you have come into contact with a minister of grace. Who is a gift of Christ that equips you that catatizes you, that, uh, that perfects you, that builds you up for the work of the ministry. You want to do the work of the ministry? Who is teaching you? Who is speaking the words of truth to you? Because you will be disabled. You won't be enabled outside of the exposition of God's word. You see how important the preaching of God's word is? Him we preach, teaching and admonishing all men to present all men or every man perfect. What? It's only preaching that can do that. And the preaching and the teaching must, must preach Christ. As I taught last Sunday, you can preach and not preach Christ by yourself. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5. He said, we preach Christ and not ourselves. We are not preaching ourselves. You can, you can be a preacher and open the Bible, quoting quotations, 17, Matthew chapter 17, verse 8, Luke chapter 1, verse 10. But you are preaching yourself. When you finish, people say, wow, this guy is amazing. Wow. They go back to fornicate. They go back to gossip. Their lives are not changing because you spoke, but you didn't release Christ. That's why some of the outreach doesn't work. You are doing evangelism, but you just finish squeezing breasts. <laughs> and you haven't repented. You haven't repented. You, are, you want to go and finish outreach because you promise you are going to do outreach. And then after the outreach, go and finish. Finish her. Because she's got free yard. It's hard. The, her free yard comes once. It's like an eclipse of the sun. Comes once. <laughs> so this free yard, we have to make use of the free yard. And so you have gone out. You started squeezing breast and pulling it. And then using fingers. And afterwards, you go and do your preaching, uh, evangelism. Going to, you see, Christ is not flowing through you. That's why after preaching, people begin to curse the church. Because you thought all I said, because you are not a vessel. You are not a vessel. Or if you are, you are a polluted vessel. Anything that is passing through you becomes dirty. So the grace is not flowing because of the infiltrations in your life. You are preaching, but you are not reaching people. You are not reaching their spirits. You are singing, you are not reaching their spirits. You are only reaching their soul. <laughs> I like this song. <laughs> but it's not changing them. Because worship comes from the spirit, not from the mind. You can never know the Holy Spirit just from your mind. You can know things from the Holy Spirit without your mind. It says that, uh, 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 that you may know what um, Ephesians chapter 3 says. I think 17, that you be filled with all the fullness of God. And there's a place where it speaks about what, what is beyond knowledge. It speaks about where you will know what, yeah, what surpasses knowledge. That's it. 
the love of God, that you will know, did you say that? To know the love of Christ, which goes beyond knowledge. So this is not intellectual knowledge. There are things you can know without your mind being involved. Your spirit will be communicated. You have communication in your spirit. But many of these things cannot happen when there is so much pollution and infiltration in your... If I were you, I would sign out and close my Twitter account. Because it's not helping you. I'm talking about you in particular. You delete Instagram from your phone. Delete Instagram from your phone. That tells, you are, that tells me you are very serious. Delete it. I'm not saying everybody. Listen, no, no. Some people are fine. But some of you are not fine. TikTok is messing your world up. TikTok. TikTok is messing you up. You don't want any of these church people to know what's been going on behind closed doors on TikTok. Close the account. Close the TikTok account. And save your ministry. Save your ministry. You want to do ministry? God, Christ trusted you. Putting you in the ministry. Why are you spoiling it? He put you. He said, he enabled me because he counted me faithful. First Timothy 1, 12. I thank Christ, he says, my Lord. Uh, who has enabled me? Because he counted me faithful. Why do you let, he has just, you haven't shown faithfulness, but he has credited you with faithfulness. You are spoiling it with TikTok. Oh. As spoiling it with TikTok. I mean, your affinity for Botos is strong. Uh-huh. It's serious. It's radical. Your affinity for boobs is serious. When ladies are standing in front of a wet t-shirt, you can't stand it. But if you don't activate it and chain it in your private viewings, you can come out there standing there, it just really doesn't have that impact on you. And you are rather receiving ministry. Am I preaching at all? <laughs> it's affecting your settings. You know, there are some things you change. We have as heating at home. Um, when sometimes, you know, you turn it on, you set the heating. But every time, by the time you come, it's gone back. After I I'm, I'm trying to find out how to set this thing properly. Because after some time, it goes back to the zero setting. You set it there, it starts getting heated. After some time, it's gone back. I thought I turned it on, you go back, it's like that. But I've not had time to really nail the thing. And some of us, your setting is being spoiled. After the first thing, you have been reset on a good platform. Why are you going back? It's not that I want to go back, but what you're exposing yourself to is, 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 is destabilizing the setting. Unto every one of us, grace is given according to the measure of the gift of Christ. To some, a gift, pastors, teachers, and all that, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. You see where it's going? The plan of God is to build the body, to build his church. Now he says that for the edifying of the church, you are someone God uses to build the church. Because why? You have been equipped by your exposure to an apostolic ministry evangelistic ministry, a prophetic ministry, pastoral ministry. Verse 13, so that till we all come to the unity. We started with verse verse, uh, 3. We have the unity of the spirit. But now we are coming to the unity of faith. Till we all come to the unity of faith and to the knowledge of the son of God. Do you see that? To a perfect man. The measure, this is what God has planned that at this stage of your work in him, you should be at this level. But you are found wanting. So till we all come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So a mature person, not being, look at verse 14 as I end, that we should no longer be children. 
tossed to and fro by whatever someone says. There are some people when they say, oh, now I'm tired, I don't even want to come to church, I just realize that they are children. They are still spiritual babes. That's why you change church, churches like Uber drivers. Spiritual babe. What kind of Christian is this that you keep changing church? You, feel you, you are in that uh, Afro-Nation church, and then you are in this you see, Afro-Disney. Then you are in uh, uh, Second Love, and then you are in this... You are in, everywhere. Settle down! That we all not being tossed best forth, that not being tossed to a that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine and by the trickery of men in, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. You don't get tossed. You are stable. You are not inconstant. You are not flaky. You are not independ- undependable. Ministry. He's putting ministry. Don't let him down. Build yourself. Expose yourself to pure teaching. Expose yourself to pastoral ministry. Take, them, take me home. Listen to my messages. It's not every message you listen to. That's also important. Don't eat everything. Don't eat everything. Just know a balanced diet. Children, normally they stay on one like that. Sometimes even SMS or something like that, they stay on a particular one. Because it's it, uh, actimel. So it doesn't destabilize their system. It's important. You are eating here. You are eating here. Say, oh, this person is coming. When we have service, you are going somewhere because a big name is coming. You are not spiritual. A big name is coming. So you are, what are you going to do for? Is this not where God has placed you? You are following names. You are following names. And you don't even listen to the one who feeds you. You don't listen to their messages in your house. Did you receive something? Shout hallelujah. God bless you for listening to this powerful message. May the power of God be evident in your life. Don't forget to like and subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube and listen to more messages from David Entry on all relevant streaming platforms. You can also connect with David Entry and our youth ministry at Caris Phase 2 on Instagram and TikTok and at Caris on Campus on Snapchat so you are always up to date. Be blessed.